All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Tuesday, September 13th. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, we had a new number one at the box office. The streak begins anew. We had a movie at the top that made double digits. And most importantly, the gloat continues. I got to gloat last weekend about my Top Gun Maverick prediction. And I get to gloat now because I predicted the number one movie at the box office would uh, overperform expectations. I nailed the number. So here I gloat. And uh, and you know what? It's not. I, I think it's time for you to plow so that I could gloat. Nice. All right. So let's get to it. Number one, Barbarian made $10.5 million in its first frame. Number two, another newbie. Brawmaster Part 1, Shiva, made $4.5 million in its first frame. Number three, Bullet Train, made $3.3 million, down 43%. It lost 61 theaters. It's at $92.6 million. And number four, Top Gun Maverick, just barely beat by Bullet Train with $3.1 million, down 48%. It lost 108 theaters. And number five, The Invitation squeaks past DC League of Super Pets with $2.6 million, down only 45%, and adding three theaters for a cum of $18.8 million. It beat DC League of Super Pets by only, I think, 10 grand. Wow. Wow. That's the top five. That is very interesting. Good for the invitation. Squeaked past DC League of Super Pets. And good for DC League of Super Pets. Seven weeks in, it's still number six at the box office. So Mm -hmm. kids are, you know, the rats need their cheese. I mean, we've said it before, and it holds true to this day. Before we get into the, you know, the big stories, the top two, just want to give us a little Bullet Train versus Lost City update. Bullet Train after six weeks, is now at $92.6 million domestic. Lost City, at this exact same point, after its sixth weekend, was at $90 million, uh, 90.7. So Bullet Trade is now solidly, you know, about $2 million ahead of where Lost City was at this exact point. So I think Bullet Train continues to roll towards over 100. Brad Pitt is a butts-in-the-seas movie star. And uh, there's your Bullet Train update for the week Clayton. nice i mean two two adult skewing movies starring actual movie stars yep and uh it's good to see those both crossing 100 which bullet train will definitely do yeah and it's good to see a movie at the top of the box office back in double digits so barbarian let's get into it mm-hmm. this is the debut film from Whitest Kids You Know sketch troupe member Zach Krieger. He directed, wrote and directed a horror film. Uh, if you, you know, the only thing we'll say is for neither of us have seen this. If, you, if you've seen the trailer, it's Airbnb set. So that's all we'll say about what the plot is. And that was enough to intrigue people. Airbnb, horror, Whitest Kids You Know alum, $10 million to the box office. So, which of those things do you think was the most important factor here? Was it the Airbnb setting? Was it that it's a horror film? Was it the whitest kid you know sketch troupe alum connection? What drove people to $10 million this weekend? I think the horror 
Mm-hmm. I think the horror film, yeah, coupled with the fact that it does have an Airbnb setting, which I think didn't the didn't James Franco's brother his film debut wasn't that kind of a horror movie based on an Airbnb. It was. That was The Rental. It was yeah. a summer 2020 film. I remember watching that with my wife. We, we uh-huh. in fact, rented that movie on PVOD. I think that was a movie that played drive-ins that summer, got to number one, like many of those IFC Midnight films did that summer. Stayed and there for a couple of weeks. Stayed there by default for a while. And, uh, you know, it was mostly seen on PVOD. That's how I saw it. It was one of our, you know, big pandemic date nights where we ordered food and, and watched the James Franco number one movie in the country, The Rental. But yes, that was... It wasn't James Franco. I'm sorry. It was Dave his, Franco. Dave Franco. Dave, Dave Franco. Franco. Yeah. Yes. Dave Franco. That Franco. Um, mm-hmm. And not John Franco, former relief pitcher for the Mets. It was Dave Franco. And yes, that was an Airbnb set horror film. But, you know, that was during the, the height of COVID, so it didn't get to take advantage of the premise the way Barbarian did. I also think there is a movie called Scare b and I'm pretty sure there's a Scare b and like micro-budget shutter-type movie. I don't know if I'm making that up, but I, I, I do think there is something called Scare b and uh, but uh, it seems like there was a movie in 2019 called Fatal Getaway. Okay, that is also known as Scare B and B. It okay. feels like maybe there was a rebranding. Yes, a la Edge of Tomorrow slash Live Die Repeat. Right, 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 right. But yes, right. you are correct. Um. So th- this premise has obviously been out there. It's been ripe. I mean, I've also heard Barbarian. There's a lot past that initial premise. This movie apparently has got a lot going for it, a lot of twists and turns. But the the basic premise of what happens if an Airbnb tries to kill you, you know, that's intriguing. And I, yeah, so of the of the three elements, I would say just horror genre, most important reason why people went to see this. Then I think Airbnb tries to kill you. That's second. Mm-hmm. You know, whitest kids you know uh, connection is probably the third of those reasons. That's probably the least important reason of why it made ten million at the box office. I mean, I think you put. I think you put that even. Uh, you uh, you can put that under uh, Skarsgård, the the kid who plays the clown, and it is in this movie. Okay, so he's the third most important thing. I think he's the third most important thing, and Justin Long is in this movie, and I think he's the fourth most important okay. thing. And then you put fifth, the whitest kids you know. Okay, so Bill Skarsgård, he plays he plays the it clown in those it remake movies that were giant hits. So. You know, we talked last week about how this weekend after Labor Day has become the big horror uh, slot, mainly because of those two it movies and there was a, a the nun the movie, nun. but mainly because of those two it movies were giant hits. So, is Bill Sarsgaard becoming what Will Smith was to Fourth of July in the nineties? Is that what Bill Sarsgaard is becoming to the weekend after Labor Day in early September? 
I mean, you can't Three really. Number ones. I, I like I liked it, but you got to look at the numbers here. I mean, did any of Big Willie's movies make ten million dollars in no, that opening? But those two it movies were huge, and this did open above expectations at its number one. And this isn't Fourth of July weekend. You yeah, know, this but still, is, I mean, this isn't a smash hit. You know, I I, I do think like I understand. It's always it's always fun to crown a new star of a holiday, mm-hmm. right? It's always fun to to try and do that, and I see what you're trying to do. And I I, I mean, listen, there's still many years in this young man's career, so who knows? Next year, the year after that, he could have another September prestige horror movie hit, and then we do crown him. But I don't think you can crown him yet. Okay, okay. He needs one more. They'll, I mean, they should just make it chapter three. I never saw the, the end of the second one. I, I don't I, think people liked it chapter two, so I, I don't think they should make a three. I, I, I think that movie kind of dropped off a cliff. It, I mean, it's such a big hit, though. If they could get the gang together, you know, the first one, they were kids. Second, it they were middle age. Third movie, you go in the future, you cast you know, Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin and, and, uh, and you, and you make them old men against the clown. I think that's a potential big hit. So as long you, as you want to make it, you want to make it like the before, the before trilogy type of thing. Yes. Yes. They, they okay. get older every, every movie. Bill Sarsgaard is always the clown. And I think if that happens, well, they then keep you getting older, the they keep getting older, but the clown stays the same age. Yeah. That's great. Oh, that that you know what that catchphrase works in a lot of places. Um, bit but big win for Bill Sarsgaard. It's a number one opening, mm-hmm. so you got to give him that credit. And big win for the writer director of this movie, for Zach Krieger. I mean, we we talked about how a lot of these uh, comedy people have been getting into horror the last mm-hmm. few years and obviously Jordan Peele is the runaway success story with get out and us and nope and BJ Novak, the less success story with uh, his movie vengeance this past summer and barbarian is looking like Zach Rieger. Obviously this is not doing get out business. Huh? Huh? It's not doing no business. Huh? Huh? But it's a really solid debut, you know, from what you've seen, the budget on this movie was pretty low, three, four million dollars around that. This is going to be a very profitable movie when all is said and done. And opening up number one at the box office, it's the type of thing that's going to give this movie that uh, that credit as it makes its box office run. Some days it goes to PVOD when it plays on cable. It's going to be a more prestige title for people to watch. Then obviously, mm-hmm. if this had just dropped on a streamer, you know, or even gotten a very limited release, it's number one. It's always going to have mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and if it would have been day and date, yep. it probably would not have been number one. Right, right, right. So there, there is definitely something, you know, this did better than The Invitation did a couple of weeks ago. It did better than The Expectations. So reviews on this movie have been really good. It seemed to do well across the weekend. This wasn't a, a crunchy roll situation where you get a movie that opens big and makes all its business on a Friday. 
It seems like word of mouth. You know, even though you did mention the cinema score for this was not very high, apparently. But I, I think horror movies tend to not have good cinema scores. Okay. Yeah, it does seem like the word of mouth on this is good just based on that it overperformed and that it held really well across the weekend. Yeah. So, so you know. So it said Barbarian audience scores weren't as great as the critical scores. So 70% positive on Comscore uh, and a C-plus cinema score. Right. Uh, now, here's my I guess think- of what... Okay. Can I give you my guess of what why that is the case? We'll probably agree. We'll probably agree. Yeah, go for it. Well, well because we talked about how the premise of this movie based on the trailer is it's Airbnb. It's Airbnb tries to kill you. And then what we've heard from people who love the movie is that there's a lot more to it, that that is basically the first couple of minutes of the movie, and then it is very twisty. So I would bet the cinema score being low is just people complaining how come it wasn't Airbnb, Scarebnb for the entire ninety minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think that's exactly that's exactly what I was going to say because most people who go see movies want to know exactly what they're getting when they pay their eight dollars, ten dollars, thirteen dollars, sixteen dollars, twenty two dollars, right. et cetera, et cetera. No dollars they, if you're in a subscription service. Exactly. Well, I mean, it it does get billed to you, but it's like you don't even see the money, right? Yeah. But that is why movies like this get those kind of scores, right? Because it is. It's they want to know exactly what they're getting. If it's outside of their expectations at all, they feel like they got chipped. Yeah. And I think with this movie, it may be a case where the people who we're into it being twistier than the premise. And again, neither of us have seen this to confirm, but that seems to be the word. I would bet those people highly recommended it. So I think you're Mm going to get a case where there's going to be people coming out of it feeling like this wasn't what they sold me. It wasn't scare B and B the whole time, but the people who loved how twisty it is, I think are going to be very strong recommends to their friends. And so I think that's something we could see helping this movie in it being leggy over the next month or two is I think there's going to be very, very, very strong recommendations coming from people who've seen this. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen it. I wanted to see it, but I haven't got a chance to, I will see it and nothing that has been said or I've read online or this box office is going to keep me from going to see it. Yes. Right. So there's nothing that's deterred me in the past. I said I was going to see a movie. Then we saw the box office results. I said it's not worth it. Backing a loser. This movie is definitely not a loser in the box office category. But also, word of mouth, those kind of things. I'm not going to be scared away by a C plus cinema score because no. I am educated as yes. to why that may be the case that it got a C plus. Not all yes. C pluses are created equal. Exactly. You understand the mechanics of these cinema scores in a way uh, and no fault of their own. You know, you, you're, you're a professional at this point. Not everyone understands what those scores mean. You understand it. So yeah, C plus, we know that doesn't actually mean this movie is only a C plus quality level. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is a solid win. It's a solid win for me. I predicted barbarian 
on our weekend preview would be number one. I predicted it would make $10 million. So big win for Zach Krieger, big win for Bill Skarsgård, big win for B.O. Boy Pat Stango. That is absolutely this weekend. Your streak is, I mean, we were talking about the $10 million plus streak. I mean, this Pat Stango streak, how long is it going to go? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We got another weekend preview episode coming up later this week, and not to tip our hat too much, but that is going to be a gigantic episode. We'll we'll tell you all about it at the end of this episode, but that weekend yeah. preview is going to be pretty nuts. Well, on the other side of the coin, I ate shit saying that Brawmaster Part 1, Shiva, was going to be number one. Yeah. Made $4.5 million. You know, I guess I'm just not well-educated enough in these Bollywood films to to have made that sort of guess. It also did only open in 810 theaters, which, I mean, we've seen Bollywood films do big numbers with small theater openings. Right. But uh, this just wasn't it. This didn't This didn't catch in America. Maybe people were doing something else at the time. Who knows? But Broadmaster Part 1... Shiva, you know, kind of a dog. Yeah. I wonder if part of why it, and it didn't really underperform. That is what the tracking was, but it, it actually it, went, it was a, it was at the top of its tracking, which yeah. I thought was going to, we both thought would be low. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe part of why it didn't break out, we'll say like some of the other big Bollywood releases in the last, you know, couple of years is part Putting part one in the title of your movie is tricky because mm-hmm. you're you're setting yourself up, A, for all the snarky headlines and tweets, all right, part one, and there'll never be a part two, blah, blah, blah. But you're also telling your audiences, you're not getting the whole story here. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not getting all of the bra master story. You're only getting half of it, a third of it, who knows how much percentage you're going to get based on how many parts there's going to be. Well, yeah, because part one doesn't mean that it's just going to be part one and two. Right, right, right. I mean, it could be part one of eight. Right. Or so 12. If, so so there's something to be said for maybe you just call this movie Bra Mastra. And then when it hits big, then you could, okay, Bra Mastra 2, colon, whatever. But when you Another say Another Right. When you say part one, there's something to the audience feeling like, well, what is this, TV? Mm-hmm. You know? And which is the last thing you want when you're putting out a movie is to convey it's it's akin to TV. It's part of a series. So that's that's maybe... Listen, we haven't seen these movies. We're not experts in Bollywood, but maybe the part one in the title... Uh, made it feel like less of an event to the mm-hmm. that audience. Well, we were so enamored with trying to, I mean, at least I was, to try and guess this, like uh, prognosticate this as the next big Bollywood surprise hit that we totally forgot or neglected to even look to see if there was anything else that could be a sleeper here at the box office. And down at number seven. Yeah. A Fathom event, Life Mark, a a Kirk Cameron production. Yep. Opened at two point two million dollars in one thousand five hundred and thirty-one theaters. 
in one of Fathom Events' first ever, or I think the first ever seven-day release. Yeah. So it, it it's sort of a seven-day Fathom Event release does start to blur the line of what is a Fathom Event. Mm-hmm. You know, because a seven-day release feels like a movie. Yes. Being released. And I get that. I guess the intention here is there won't be an eighth day for yes. life mark. You know, there will be seven days, which I mean, it's a religious movie. I mean, that's, there's something, there's something nice to that. It's only seven days. And then, you know, the, there's no eighth day, but, but it well, wasn't it, it on the seventh day. God rested or is the, it was the seventh day. God rested, not the eighth the, day, right? Yeah. The seventh day he rested, but I guess here it's on the seventh day. He keeps watching fathom events. That's okay. the, 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 but it should have but, been six days is my, and then they take a rest. Yeah. Yeah. But a seven day fathom event feels like a sort of, uh, you know, defeats the purpose of what a fathom event is, which has traditionally been a big one night event, but or a weekend event or, right. you know, yeah. Um, but I mean, listen, we're always, we're always lauding these fathom events. We think that, Anything that could get people in those movie theaters, get them to buy popcorn, just get them in the door. These Fathom events definitely help do that. So good for Fathom, good for Life Mark. I guess another win for Kirk Cameron. I mean, he stars in this, he produces it. So he's he's still for his for his niche, he's still one of the top stars in that genre. Yeah. And here's the thing. We, we, we've, we haven't talked about this in a while, but we were pushing for this and we still need to push hard for this is concessions needs to be added in somewhere to these charts. Right. Because I I'm looking at this this movie here, Life Mark. And to me, it feels like this is the sort of audience that only goes to the theater once or twice a year, if that. And when they go, they're going to do the whole shemeal. They're going to do popcorn. They're going to do candy. They're going to do nachos. They're going to do big sodas. These are the kind of films that I feel like break in the concessions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that needs to be taken into account when you're booking theaters. Right, right, right. And, and and obviously we always love catering towards specific audiences. Give them a little something special. This is a great opportunity for theaters to give you targeted concessions. So give people just give them the vanilla wafers. You know, and a, instead of popcorn, it's a full popcorn jug full of the vanilla. You know, the circular wafers, plain wafers. Give them that. Give Hot cross that. buns. Yes, yes, yes. So a little vino, a little blood. Yes, of the instead of soda, get get some vino in those in those soda machines. And you know, listen, we didn't go to this Fathom event. Maybe they did it. We haven't heard anything about specialty concessions. Yeah. But if if they didn't, it's a missed opportunity at these theaters. Get a bishop to 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 bless. The the gobstoppers get a. I mean, listen. Right. You don't this have is the to. Kind of, 
this you kind could of thing. just use what you have there and just yes, just just put some holy water just, on it. Just cross right in front of the consent, right in that glass that glass container that has uh, the the snow caps and the skittles and the red vines and the Twizzlers. One sign of the cross. That stuff is blessed. Right. Right, right. Put a little right. holy water on the popcorn with your butter. These are things that people will pay extra for. Right, right, right. And I'm not right. trying to be glib. No. Okay, because they, everybody has a right to their belief systems, right? Right. And everybody has a right to go to a theater and see a movie they want to see. And if these targeted kind of films are out there, they're going to draw different people to the theater. And you know what it might be? Somebody comes to see this, and they see a poster for Barbarian, yeah, and they think, you know what, I might try that, right? And then all of a sudden, they're going and they're seeing secular films, right? And then before you know it, they're AMCA listers. Yes, and- they're still going to church on Sunday, you know. Listen, but 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 that doesn't mean they can't go to see. The, the Woman King after church, they're right. showing at 2 p.m. on Sundays. Right. And especially if they ate those Bishop-blessed, holy water-soaked Mike and Ikes when they went to see Life Mark, and now they got that taste in their mouth. They're like, I want to get some more Mike and Ikes, so I guess I'll just go see the prequel to X, Pearl, which comes out. Friday, September 16th. I guess I'll go see that. And and the thing is, give these fans of the religious movies, give these people who are going to see Life Mark some, uh, uh, you know, some branded popcorn buckets, some branded soda cups, because you're doing that for Minions. You know, the, the people who love Minions, they go to a movie theater, and oftentimes there'll be Minions all over the popcorn bucket. So, may, you don't you don't make as you don't print as many of the life mm-hmm. mark popcorn buckets as you do for minions. Of course, you don't. Minions is going to make way more money. Going to have a lot more people go, but make a couple of thousand. You know, whether it's Jesus or whether it's the Holy Ghost or whether it's the Pope or whoever it is that's the popular character right now for that audience. Put them all over the popcorn buckets the same way you put the minions all over the popcorn buckets when a minions movie comes out. Well, and Pat, you know what? You know what they call a bucket that they only make a thousand of? What do they call it? Limited edition. Exactly. Exactly. Make some limited edition life mark buckets with whoever the popular you know religious character of the day is on there maybe it's just kirk cameron himself i mean he is obviously one of it's him it's buddy lumbeck from charles in charge it's you kevin know, he, sorbo kevin sorbo it's like these are the signature stars for this genre so get them on the popcorn buckets you got thor is going to be on the popcorn buckets when thor love and thunder comes out so you put Kirk Cameron on a couple of popcorn buckets. And again, not as many as you would make for Thor, obviously, but a limited edition. Mm-hmm. And you Absolutely. put the upcharge on it. And you know what? You say, everyone here who's going to see Life Mark, you're all used to putting 
money into a bucket that we pass around. So now give us some money for us to pass you a bucket. Something like that. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, exactly. They they, yeah. they would understand. They would they understand, understand once they see. Yeah. Yeah. Now I believe tomorrow night. Well, actually tonight when this this drops. Yes. We will be seeing a Fathom event. Yes, that's right. Tonight, uh, Tuesday, September thirteenth, the Bo Boys will be seeing Clerks Three as a Fathom event in New yes. York City. And you best believe if they have a bucket oh. with Dante and Randall on it. Yep. And Jay and Silent Bob. Yes. Sanuji Boots. And, and whatever Rosario Dawson's character's name is. Yep. Yep. We're buying those buckets. I a hundred percent. At tonight's Fathom event, Clerks Three, the BO boys will buy any limited edition popcorn buckets soda containers you know if they sell uh mike and ike's in the in the uh what's the name of the cigarette from the clerks brand oh geez well now you're outing now you're making me look foolish i mean i've seen this movie a million times but if they sell uh if they sell the the mike and ike's in the brand of cigarette in the from clerks uh, I, I we're definitely buying that. Isn't that the same? The cigarette brand from Clerks, nails. Yes, nail cigarettes. But yeah, if they if they you know put the Quick Stop logo on any any kind of uh, uh, concessions, we're buying it. Why? And, and yeah, I mean, listen, we could go on and on about this, but it's like. Or Chulis gum. That's the one. I was thinking of trying to think of Chulis gum. That just oh, Chulis gum. If they okay. sold, okay, here we go. Clerks three, Fathom event tonight. If they sold packs of Chulis gum for twenty dollars a pack, we're both buying a pack of limited edition Chulis gum at the Absolutely. Clerks three Fathom event. Well, well, just make t- take one little corner. Of the concession stand on the floor where you're oh. going to have the Fathom event. Oh, my and God. make it into a quick stop. Yes. Right? Right? It's it's because with the Fathom events, it's not like it's in every theater in the country. It's at a no. specific amount of theaters. It's an event. And they've been planning this for months. So, listen, we have a guy, for all we know, they might already be doing this. And Kevin Smith... He is a great businessman. He has really figured out the business of releasing his type of movie. So I will not be surprised if we walk into this AMC tonight for this Fathom event and it's like walking into the quick stop. And hopefully they are selling us Chulis gum and they're selling us like uh, movies, right? Wasn't movies, the, the fake Disney in, in, in the skewiverse. They're selling us movies products and and they're selling us uh, uh, porno tapes from the from the first clerks from when, uh, you know, some of the, the fake titles that Randall was calling out over the phone. Sell us this merch at the concession stands. Yeah, that that is the way you you take advantage of these niche audiences 
is you sell them shit. So you sell the the people who want to see Life Mark, sell them crosses, sell them holy water and the bust of Kirk Cameron's head. And for us going to see Clerks Three Fathom event tonight, sell us Chuli's gum at the concession stand. All right. So Pat, I mean, is there anything else we want to talk about in this top ten? No. No, I I think I think uh the main takeaways from this weekend is Barbarian overperformed. Great for them. It's gonna be really interesting to see how that movie holds the next few weeks. Life mark doing what it needed to do as a fathom event, clerk's three fathom event tonight. So we'll obviously have a report on that over the next I don't know if it's gonna be the next episode or the week the episode after that, but we'll have a full clerk's three fathom event report coming up one other thing i want to throw out there is want to be oh boys want to be oh girls want to be oh people people talking about clerks three just now does remind me that someone who really should be a guest on this show because like we said he has got a great mind for how to distribute movies in this day and age is kevin smith himself writer director of clerks three the guy who decided this is a fathom event. He should be a guest on the show. We don't actually know each other in real life. I'm sure we have people who know people who know each other, whatever, but we, we haven't had the chance to hang out or do business with Kevin Smith yet. So want to be old boys, want to be old girls, want to be old people, people, if you get a chance on your social medias, whatever you have out there, Give a shout out, Kevin Smith. Let him know he should come on the BO Boys, talk about his release strategy for Clerks 3. Well, because he is currently on a tour yes. with this film. Yes. The convenience yes. tour, which there was a there there was a stop at the beacon on September 9th. Wow. Which we were not able to attend because we have busy lives we would love to have had but we couldn't right but yes he might be on tour right now so it might be hard for him to you know jump on the zoom right but if he can i see there is a little break between going on kind of right now where it's there's no dates from the 12th of september to the 18th so there is some time there kevin if you do want to come on and we want to talk about this release strategy, how you're how, how you're how you're doing it and how you're making your movies profitable yes. when they are. And you would he would even agree a niche property at this point. Yes. Hardcore fans are what are making these lucrative releases. Yes. It's the same for Lifemark and the religious audience as it is for. Kevin Smith, Clerks 3, The Askewiverse. It's devoted niche audiences. Jesus has one. Jay and Silent Bob have one. And they're both equally valid having these devoted niche audiences at the box office. Listen, I'd love to talk to Kirk Cameron about his release strategy for his... Yes, because we would only be talking about release strategy. Only about release strategy. I would love to hear their thoughts. So want to be old boys, want to be old girls, want to be old people. People. Go out there. Let Kevin Smith know. Let Kirk Cameron know. 
drop by the BO boys. We want to talk release strategy. We want to talk distribution. We want to talk box office because they both have devoted followers and they both have very interesting ways of getting their films out there. And I don't want to be nitpicky here, but tweet them separately, please. Just tweet them separately. Because yes. number one, we don't want them to think that it, this is kind of a reply all situation. No, no. Or a, hey, we're just trying to get someone. No, no, it's definitely not that. They're, they're high pro, they're, they're uh, key targets here. That key we targets get is, on the the, show. is a great term to use. So, Pat, I mean, other than that, you told them where they could find us. Yes, the BO Boys podcast at gmail.com, of course. And so I don't think there's anything left to say. Well, there's one thing left to say. One oh my thing. Goodness. I just have to tease this out here, Clayton. The next time you hear us is going to be our weekend preview episode later this week. And our special guests, because it's both a weekend preview episode, but more importantly, it is the fall preview episode of the BO Boys. And our special guest from Exhibitor Relations Co., Jeff Bach, is going to be on. It is confirmed. We're, we're set to record this very soon. So next episode of the BO Boys is going to be a gigantic episode. Jeff Bach will be our guest. So uh, did we do it? Yes, now we've done it. Okay. So there's nothing left to say. No. Except until next time. We'll, we'll smell you at the box. Box. Oh. Nailed it.